Good morning. I'm sure some people might have been a bit confused by the question, who would you like to be this year? I heard a few answers, and some people were saying, I'd like to be myself, is that okay? <laughs> but hopefully, like just watching that video, it would have made a little bit more sense what the question was about. Um, you see, because sometimes when we start a new year, the first thing that usually comes into people's minds is, what, what's my New Year's resolution basically for this year? But I hope that that video helped us to reflect a bit more on the fact that it's not so much about the doing. Um, I think change is usually lasting when we start from the being, and then we let the doing flow out of there. So your, your answer could have been something like, I'd like to be a happier person this year, I'd like to be a more patient person this year, um, and then you're doing, you can then find like steps to help you um, be that person. So I hope, hopefully, that helps to bring a bit more clarity um, to the question. Um, and just to start off with, I'd like to just introduce myself for those who might not know me, um, and I'm just gonna follow Dave's footsteps from last week. Um, so my name is Kemi, I'm not one of the leadership team here at the Foundry, nor am I related to any of them. Um, <laughs> at least not in a, in a natural sense, but thank God for the blood of Jesus um, that connects us. Um, and I'd also like to just start as well by saying thank you. First of all, thank you to God for this opportunity. I don't take it for granted at all um, to be able to speak um, and share his word with people. And thanks also to the leadership team um, for this opportunity as well. Um, I don't take it for granted um, at all um, to grace this stage. And also, I would like to start off with a disclaimer, as people tend to start off with, usually when they either give speeches or write something. Um, and this disclaimer is this. Um, everything that I share today is a message for me as well as for everybody else in this room. I'm by no means an expert at all, um, when it comes to prayer, I'm just on a journey, as we all are. So I'm just gonna share a few pointers from my journey so far, and I hope and I pray that it does help us all. So when I received the, um, the topic prayer, I was like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Because um, prayer is so big. Like I, I, was, I was literally blank at first. I was like, God, where do I even start from? Um, it, it's such a big topic. Um, but as I calmed down, um, the Holy Spirit was able to show me a few things that he'd like me to share with us today. And the first key thing is what I've titled the four C's. Can we say the four C's? The four C's of prayer. And, and also, just to mention, this is a non-exhaustive list. There's so many other things about prayer, but in, in the time that we have today, I'll just share on these. The first C is communion. Um, and that, I believe, is where it all starts. Um, prayer starts from us having a relationship with God, so it's all to do with our relationship. I think it would be, it, just picture this analogy. Imagine if you went shopping, let's say you went to Tesco or to Aldi, and you just bumped into someone randomly in the car park, someone you didn't know, and you went up to them, you didn't even know their name, and then you were all of a sudden starting to ask them, oh, I'd like you to do this for me, do that for me, I need you to give me this money. They would probably look at you quite strangely if they were even polite. Otherwise, they might actually start insulting you, like, who do you think you are to come and start making demands? Why, why do we think, why, why, why is that the case? Why couldn't you just walk up to someone that was a stranger and start asking them things? Can anybody hazard a guess? 
exactly. You don't even know who they are. Um, so it would be kind of odd um, to, to, quite, um, to do that. And it's somewhat similar um, in our relationship, or it, it, when it comes to our relationship with God. We, we start from prayer, we start from that relationship, and we're able to approach him um, on the basis of, of knowing him or getting to know him. And the very, very, um, should I say, foundation of that um, starts from a place of right standing with him. And that is pretty much, um, should I say, the start or the basis. And for example, Romans 3.22 in the Bible says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So our relationship with God doesn't start by us doing things because we could never earn our place with God. It starts from placing our faith in Jesus Christ. That's the only confidence, should I say, that we have when we approach God. It's through Christ. It's through our relationship with him. And so that's where we start. So if someone is wondering, oh, this prayer thing is so big, how can I pray? That's where it starts. It starts by putting your faith, putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter who you are. Um, that, that is available to every single person. Another thing as well about communion is authenticity. So being vulnerable. Um, it will kind of be quite hard to, I guess, start to ask someone for stuff or start to relate to someone that you, you can't even trust. Because I, I don't really know how far that relationship would go. Um, so it, it's about being vulnerable with God, letting him know what's on our hearts, how we actually and feel um, what's going on in our world. Not that he doesn't know because he sees everything, but he wants us again to have that communion with him. And there's something I've tagged um, venting prayers, and I feel like this can really help us um, in our being more authentic with God. And there's no one in the Bible for me that really captures this more than David. you don't have to read too many Psalms to know that um, David was, was clearly like someone who just bared his, his emotions to God. Like he would say, oh God, I'm really tired. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering here or this is happening or that's happening. And it's so, so instructive that God called him a man after his own heart. Not because David was perfect. We all know like there were a few blunders in his life, quite major ones, but because he, he had a heart that was real with God. God, God, he bared his whole heart out to God. God called him a man that he could connect with at such depth. And that's the kind of relationship that God wants to invite us into um, in this new year. Another thing as well about communion is about spending time in the Bible. If we have a relationship where like, we're always the one doing all the talking, after a while, the other person will get quite tired. And yeah, the relationship will just take a nosedive. And it's the same thing with us as well. And I'm very guilty of this myself. Like we find that we we spend a lot of our prayer time talking, maybe like 95%, if not 100%, we're just talking, 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 talking to God. We need to give time for him to speak back to us and to listen to him. And one of the best ways to do that is by spending time in the Bible. And Dave rightly, quite quite like started us quite well on this last week and i've heard of this analogy um where the bible is kind of similar to food and i think dave also mentioned that last week and prayer i've heard as well being called um or being related to like the gym or exercising now obviously we know that in real life we need both food and exercise to live 
healthy lives physically. It's the same thing spiritually as well. We need the word of God, which is our food, our source. And also we need prayer, which is some sort of like exercise to help build our spiritual capacity. And you could see them sort of like Siamese twins. You can't do one effectively without the other. So for example, how would we know what we should even pray about if we don't spend time in the word? And how can we even understand the Bible um, well if we don't ask the Holy Spirit to help us? So we need both. It's not one or the other. Another thing as well about communion is trust. Um, And the more we um, invite God into our lives, the more we see him show up, it builds our confidence. So if he's done something for us yesterday, it gives us the confidence to be able to approach him today and also tomorrow. And and the Bible talks about that in Hebrews 11. There's a lot about faith um, in that chapter. Um, And it starts from believing that God even exists. Um, Because if you don't believe someone exists, you wouldn't actually come to them because, yeah, you you don't believe they exist. So it starts from that place um, with our relationship with God. Another thing as well, which is kind of closely related to what I was saying about listening, is that when we pause in our prayer time, um, it gives us the chance to listen to what God has to say to us about specific situations. So, because sometimes we, we, we might, like in our prayer time, we might just, should I say, dump all the responsibility on God, like, oh God, this, this, this is the situation, this is what I want you to do. But there's a lot that God also wants us to do as well. We also have a responsibility to, to play in the miracles that we're trusting God for. So it gives God the opportunity to, to give us those specific, um, should I say, prompts. The second C is consistency. Now, if I go back to my analogy about the gym, how many people think that um, you just need one session in the gym and you'll be good for the year? (laughs) I think Gabe does, but that that is highly, highly unlikely. I mean, if anybody did that, well, I'd like to know them, but very, very unlikely. We need several sessions. And just like that very wise little girl said, it will take thousands of little moments. It will take going back to the gym or, or walking or whatever it is that you do for exercise again and again and again to, to keep healthy. And it's the same with God. We need to be consistent. We need to keep showing up day in, day out, not giving up. There will be times where we're tired, um, we're human, um, but it's about getting up again and, and, and going on. And the Bible, um, that there's a verse in the Bible that, talks about this quite a lot. It's Matthew 7, verse 7 to 8, and it says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Um, Simple as is difficult to do in reality, but we just have to keep going. There's some things in our lives that we will contend for. There's some things that are stubborn. There are things that we'll have to keep knocking, and God wants us to know that every time we pray, um, it's, not, it's never in vain. There, there, is, there is fruit that will come out of that. And there's this analogy that we might have come across. It's called PUSH, and which stands for pray until something happens. So until Whatever that something is that you're trusting for, be it healing, be it for a loved one to come to Jesus, be it for 
direction, be it for guidance, be it for provision, you keep at it. We dig our heels in and we keep going. We don't stop until we see that something happen. That's what consistency is about. And I just want to encourage us um, to, to go on that journey with God this year. I'm sure, like, if I took a poll, every single one of us is trusting God for something. And yes, consistency is about not giving up until you see that something happen. The third C is about community. And this one, I'm going to pause a little bit um, on this one because, and this is pretty much about doing life with, with, with ourselves, doing life with other people. Um, I find that um, when it comes to prayer, we tend to sometimes focus a lot on the vertical relationship. So ourselves talking to God, maybe also listening to him, speaking to us back. And we don't focus on the horizontal relationship. But when we go through the Bible, like there's, there are lots of scriptures where, um, for example, Jesus would say something like, if you're giving your offering and you remember that someone's wronged you or you've wronged someone, just leave your offering right there, which is kind of awkward. Um, leave your offering right there. Imagine someone coming into church and just leaving their bags and running off home and you're like, what's happening? I thought you came to service. Um, but it, it's, it, Jesus is that like serious about it. He's like, leave whatever it is at the altar, sort out your relationship with that person and then come back and deal with God. Horizontally is also very, very, very vital. Um, it's not just our communing with God. Um, God cares about how we relate to each other. And, and, and we see this, I mean, every Sunday when we come here, we just had a session of prayer um, where, for example, we're praying in unity about things. So we're thanking God for the different praise points. Um, and also we're trusting God together as a family for the things that we're believing God for. So that's about unity, praying um, in unity with one another in agreement. Um, but there's another one that we tend to forget, um, which is about unforgiveness. Now, this one is a big one, and this one actually can hinder our prayers from being effective because there's something standing in the way and, and, and things are not able to flow as smoothly with God. And Mark 11, um, verse, verse 22 to 25 talks about this. I don't, we, we tend to focus on verses 22 to 24 a lot, but I'm just going to read verse 25 as well, because that follows after. And it says, Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But, somebody say there's a but there. There's a but there. But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. You see, like, like I was saying earlier, if, if there's something standing in the way, um, if we're holding on to unforgiveness or someone wronged us, rightly so or, or, or not, um, it's kind of a little bit hypocritical of us, and it's hard, it, it really is hard, but it's a bit hypocritical in the sense that we're holding on to something and then here we are asking God on the other end to do stuff for us, to not hold our sin against us. It doesn't work that way. So we've got to sort out whatever it is that is going on and so that we can have that free-flowing um, communion with God. So this is one area that I'd like us to please 
hone in on um, this year um, and just remember that God is very much interested in the horizontal relationships as he is in the relationship with ourselves. The fourth C is caveat. And often, um, as is often said in life, that there's often a caveat to things. There's always something there. And prayer is no different as well. It's primarily based on following God's principles. We can't just pray like in abstract or just, just, just do something and, and hope to get the results that we're trusting God for. We've got to pray in line with his principles. And one of the key principles is that we need to ask God in line with his will. So we can't be, I'm going to give a funny analogy. It's funny, but there might be people who might be praying like this. Um, so let's say there's a lady, you, there's, there's a couple you admire, and you're like, oh God, that, that woman's husband is, is great. I'd like to have him for myself. And you're praying like, God, I, I have faith that that man is going to be my husband. You can pray from now till kingdom come. That prayer is not going to be answered. Because that is not God's heart. It, it will never happen. So you, you might as well just stop praying because that is not, God doesn't break people's marriages so that you can have their spouse. It doesn't work that way. Um, and it sounds funny, but I've heard of some people praying along those lines. So yeah, it, 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 it doesn't work that way. We've got to ask God in line with his will. That's the only way that we're even confident that he'll hear us. And the Bible says in 1 John 5, 14 to 15, it says, now this is the confidence that we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. That's our confidence, that whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And the moment we know he hears us, we know that it's a done deal. My daddy has heard it. It's, I, I can go to bed, it, it's settled. That's where our confidence lies whenever we, we approach God. And there are a couple of quotes I came across um, in recent times um, that help to buttress that point. And the first one is anonymous, because I've heard different people say it, so I'm not really sure who, who said it originally, but it says that faith begins where the will of God is known. So that's where we, that, that's what gives us the confidence that we can actually bring this request to God because we know that he wants to do it. Another quote is that faith is to be used only for what grace has provided. And this is by um, Pastor Koju Oyemade. He's a, a pastor in Nigeria. Um, and, and I heard this quite recently and it, it, it was so apt in that we can only, like I was saying, coming back to my example before, only, we can only use our faith, we can only have confidence in what grace has provided us. We can't just have confidence claiming things like helter-skelter. Um, and bringing that back to one of my earlier points, how will we know what God's will is? How will we know what grace has provided if we don't spend time in the Bible? We'll, we'll just be praying empty prayers, hoping, wishing. They will then be wishes rather than something that we can hedge our confidence in. So it's important that we know um, what that will of God is so that we can then pray confidently into it. The second principle is that we pray in context with scripture. Um, and, and this is something that 
we've all probably been guilty of doing, like just picking a verse in the Bible that sounds great and honing on that, like, God, do this, do this, do, do this for me. And there are different examples. So there's praying amiss, like I shared earlier. Um, there's also giving. I think this is another area that we can, we, we can kind of like um, easily fall into this trap by praying out of context or claiming things that we're not walking in line with. Um, and Philippians 4.19 is a very, very quoted verse in the church. And my God shall supply all my needs. Glory, hallelujah. And he will, he's good. Um, but if we read the context of that scripture, that the, there was a line, there was a theme of generosity in there. And, I, and I'm just gonna read that um, passage to us. So it starts from, well, the, the actual context um, being referred to starts from verse 15. And it says, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So this is Apostle Paul speaking, and he was praying, verse 19, over the church in Philippi, pretty much in response to their generosity. And not to say that God will not meet our needs. He does. He's merciful. But we also have a part to play in... Um, in seeing prayers come to pass in our lives, we can't just be claiming things. So if, if we're stingy and if we're not giving or we're not generous, it, we kind of, it, it's, it's not really, we're not really connecting the dots if we're then claiming verse 19 because we're not living in accordance with God's heart. So, so that's what I'm talking about, praying in context with scripture. We need to understand what's the heart behind the message align ourselves, and then that gives us the confidence to know that, yes, I'm living a generous life, so I know that verse 19 definitely applies to me, and I'm not just claiming it because it sounds good. Um, so, so those are the two key principles I, I, I'd like to leave us with this morning. Now, someone might be asking, okay, how do I pray? What, what kind of prayer do I pray, basically? How, how do I do that? Um, and Ephesians 6, 18 um, talks about this, where it says, pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert in this with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. It talks about praying with every prayer and request. So my answer to that question is there are different kinds of prayers. There's Thanksgiving where we're just giving gratitude um, to God, thanking him for what he's done. There are conversational prayers like this, like just, just talking, telling God about our day, um, literally like, oh God, this person annoyed me. What do I have for dinner? Like God is interested. It might surprise us to know that God actually cares about those details. Um, he loves us. We're his children. There's silent prayers where you, you don't even have the strength to actually voice something out physically, but in your heart, you're just communing with God. There are also one or two word prayers like, Lord, help me. I definitely prayed quite a few of those in the last two weeks because I was like, God, like, help. Uh, yeah, I, there's nothing else. I don't have anything else to say. Just, 
help me. There are intercessory prayers where we pray for other people. Um, and yeah, so there, there are different kinds of prayers and we will use different kinds of prayers as we walk with God. There's, there isn't one formula or one, one thing um, for any particular situation. It will differ depending on what we're, we're going through. The most important thing is that we're communicating with God and we're listening to him. That's what matters. There's another thing as well um, where people, I, I know there have been like different um, opinions about this, like, oh, praying in our words alone, or praying in tongues. Some people might say, oh, they believe in praying in tongues. Some people might, might say not. But I like to just stick with scripture, and scripture does talk about praying in tongues. And I guess I'd also like to come about it from the place of non, not, not, it, it not being like an obligatory thing, like you must do this or you must do that, but rather like it's more like a, we get to pray in tongues. It, it's a tool that God has given us to, to help our walk. And Romans 8.26 says, in the same way, the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness because we don't know what, what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And there, there will be times where we can't even fully express ourselves in our words, be it English or whatever language we speak, because we've gotten to the end of our vocabulary, like we've gotten to the end of ourselves. And this is where tongues can help because it helps us to bypass our lack of words, bypass our weaknesses in, in a sense, in a physical sense, because we're, the, God is able to pray through us even beyond our imagination. So we don't even limit God by our doubts, our fears, or our limitations in our own minds, because God is engaging our spirits to do that prayer through us. And Jude 20 also talks about, but you beloved, build yourselves up on the foundation of your most holy faith, continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, pray in the Holy Spirit. Another benefit as well that praying in tongues does for us is that it builds up our faith, it builds up our capacity, it helps us, it strengthens our spirits, basically, and helps us in our walk with God. It helps, uh, it, I also kind of like to think about it as, when you have like a radio and you're, you're trying to tune the frequency, Praying in tongues also does that as well. It helps to sharpen our spiritual senses. It helps us to be even more discerning and we're able to pick things quicker from God. So I would encourage us, as Paul um, rightly said in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, where he says, I, I, I will pray in my understanding and I will pray in the spirit. Um, I think there was a part in the scripture where Paul was saying he prayed in the spirit more than the, the, the church members he was referring to. So I'd encourage us to do both this year, pray in our understanding, but also engage with the gift of praying in tongues because it is powerful and it really, really helps to build us up. And someone might be asking, well, how do I do that? Simply by coming to God, asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you today. Pray through me and literally open up your mouth and, and the Holy Spirit will flow. So I'd, I'd like to encourage us to, to, to um, engage that tool that God has given us. And the third dimension or the third aspect of my message to us today is based on everything that I've shared this morning, as we bring prayer into our lives this year, what can we expect? What are the benefits that we, we, we can look forward to? Um, 
one thing is that we, we will experience a closer, more real walk with God, where we're able to like get God involved in our day-to-day, be it at work, be it at school, be it in the community. We, we see God um, showing up in our lives because we get him involved. We, we ask him, we, we commune with him like as we're doing our day-to-day lives, as we're going about our grocery shopping, like we, we commune with God on a regular. Another thing as well is as we do that, as, as we ask God to get involved in our lives, as we listen in for what he's saying and follow his, his guidance and his, his prompts, we will see answers to prayers. We will see God move in those situations that we're trusting him for, be it in our own lives, in other people's lives that we're praying about, and also in the wider world. And as we see answers to prayers, it will build our faith because we're like, oh, I prayed for this and I saw God show up. I prayed for that and and God answered. God healed that person. God brought that person to Jesus. God gave that couple a baby after many years of waiting. And as our faith is built up, we we kind of like develop this, should I say, a track record with God where we, we look back on our lives and we see the faithfulness of God. And that gives us confidence to go back again to him and invite him again into our lives, and we continue our journey with God um, here on earth. But again, like I was talking about, it's not just the vertical relationship. Also, as we relate with one another, as we pray with each other, as we pray for each other, we will build closer connections because we will see how God came through for that person we prayed for. We'll see how God showed up in that person's life. Um, And that will help to build stronger bonds as well because we'll see how God used our prayers to be part of birthing that miracle in that person's life. And and it's great. I I love to look around and see answers to prayer where God has helped me to come alongside people. I love it when people look at my life and see how their prayers for me were answered um, and they were part of birthing those miracles as well. There's a connection that that it builds um, in us. So... In terms of actions, I've got a couple of actions I'd like us to do as I wrap up today. The first thing is, if we could kindly just bow our heads um, and, and, yeah, just um, just give some people the privacy of the moment. I, I want to make an invitation, first of all. If there's anyone that's here, I know Lois mentioned this earlier, who hasn't actually started on that first step, which is communion with God. You don't even have a relationship with God. You've heard about him, but you don't have that one-on-one with God. Or you, you, you did have it, but you've, you've turned away and, and done things your own way for the last few months or years. If you could kindly just raise your hand with, with all heads bowed. There's anyone like that who doesn't have that connection with God at the moment. Thank you, I see that hand. Anybody else? Thank you. Um, For those who've raised their hands, if you could kindly just pray this prayer along with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for the fact that you love me. I thank you that you want a relationship with me. You care enough to have a relationship with, with me. And Lord, I just surrender my life to you right now. I ask you to be Lord of my life. I ask you to be my savior. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to take the reins of my life. I can't do this life on my own. And I ask for forgiveness for where I've 
I've sinned against you. I ask, I ask for forgiveness for the wrong things that I've done. And I, I come under your covering right now, Lord, even as I accept Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. And for, for anyone who said that prayer, welcome to God's family. Um, and that's, that's, that's an amazing thing. You're welcome. Welcome. And the second action, um, this is for everyone um, here in the room, is I'd like us to stir up some faith because at the start of the year, um, people might be in two different places. There might be, we might be in places where we're, we're excited for the new year. We also might be in a place where it's like, oh, another year has come, a reminder of the things I don't have or the things that I'm trusting God for. So I'd like to encourage us, um, I'd like us to encourage ourselves in the room today. And what I would say is, if you could turn to the person on your left or on your right, you might need to leave your seats depending on where you're sat. Um, and I want to, I'd like to ask us to share one recent answered prayer with that person. And I'm gonna give us 30 seconds and then we're gonna switch and then the other person has to share with you just one thing that God has done recently. Do we, are we okay? Are we ready? Yeah. Okay, great. I will start the timer. So one, two, go. Just one thing. Get ready to swap and switch. Okay, thank you. How did that feel? Encouraging, I hope, yes. And basically, as I wrap up, as we go into our year, as we continue with the year, I, I'd like to encourage us to ask God for big things. Expect God to show up in big ways, and I trust he will. God bless, thanks.